the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. I love even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What we just saw dramatized from John 14, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Can we say another? He is preparing to die for the sins of the world and eventually will ascend back to the Father and send the Holy Spirit, the helper. The parakletos is what the Greek word is that he used. Para is alongside of, kletos is to help. So he's the one called alongside to help the helper. He'll ask the Father to give us the helper, that he may abide with you forever. So he's coming to the end of his earthly 33 plus years of life on this planet. The Holy Spirit is coming to stay with us. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, the helper whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So there's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit that is coming. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would be upon people, if not before a season sometimes, but he would live within us. Verse 26, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father was sent in my name, he will teach, can we say teach, you all things, can we say everything, and bring to your remembrance, can we say remind, all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit in Greek is the Spirit the Holy, the Numa the Hagias, Spirit Holy. That sounds strange to our language as English speakers, but in Spanish, Holy Spirit is Spiritu Santo. Santo is holy, Spiritu is spirit. So the spirit holy, the noun precedes the adjective. I think a red car is carro rojo. That's red car or car red. So the spirit, the holy, is coming to teach us and to bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus taught. So the Spirit teaches and the Spirit reminds. Who, who needs a reminder sometimes? 
So today, may the Holy Spirit work in this room to teach us things we don't know and to remind us of things we do know and to put in order some things we know, but we may have them not quite in order with the biblical revelation. In John chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus says, When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and he's a helper who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So the Holy Spirit, when he's working, is revealing Jesus. Here, Jesus is revealing the Holy Spirit, but the purpose of the Holy Spirit or the Spirit the Holy, is to reveal to us Jesus. All right, let me just say this. I can't preach without having something to rant about. There's an awesome song about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost on the radio, but it disturbs me because it calls the Holy Spirit a ghost. Okay, that's fine, but he's not just any ghost. He's the ghost. He's the Spirit, the Holy. He is the Holy Ghost. Angels are spirits, and angels are holy, but they're not the Holy Spirit. It's real popular now in the charismatic world to call the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. It's fine. I'm not going to not fellowship with someone that does that, but some of these things these preachers are preaching, I know the Holy, the Holy Spirit did not give them, and they're saying the Holy Spirit gave it to them. So just keep that in mind. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. That song on the radio, I love it if they just said, we need the Spirit, we need the Ghost, we need the Holy Ghost, not a Holy Ghost. Right? We're being specific here. We're being biblical. Jesus called him the Spirit, the Holy. Why don't we? I'm close to God. He's my dad. He's my father. I call him Abba. Some call him Papa. That's great. We're talking about the Heavenly Father. The Holy Spirit in us cries out, Abba, Father. But we need to give some respect to God. So anyway, that's all I got to say about that. All right, chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So he would ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. So in so doing, as God, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will convict or convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you shall see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit speaks, the Holy Spirit hears. And he will glorify me. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. For he will take of what is mine and declare to you. So he declares Jesus to us. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit reveals the Father and the Son. We've been in this series called Honoring God and More. We're honoring different aspects of God. Last Sunday was honoring the love of God. A few weeks ago, we talked about honoring the Holy Bible. Today, we're going to speak on honoring the Holy Spirit. Can we say that together?
honoring the Holy Spirit. So before we dive into our subject, let's talk about the triunity of God. Can we say triune? Triune means three in one. When you hear the word trinity, it's a shortening up of the word triunity. And I like to use the full word. So we're talking about the triunity of God, the part of God we know as the Holy Ghost. God has three personalities. And here in 1 John 5, 7, it says there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Where's the Son in that? The Son is the Word made flesh. I like this diagram. This is my favorite one of the Godhead diagrams. The Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit, or the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. The Son is the Word made flesh. So the Father glorifies the Godhead. He is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. All three personalities are God. But the Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Holy Spirit. There's a distinction. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. How I understand it is this. God is the Father. God the Father is the biblical term. God the Father. The Son of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. Some say God the Son. They don't mean another God. Just return to the center of the diagram. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So God is the Father, God is the Son, God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, the Son is God, the Father is God. The Father is in the Son, but the Son is not the Father. The Son is in the Father, but the Father is not the Son. There's a distinction in the personalities. The Father is in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in the Father, but the Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. It's a different personality, right? The Son is in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in the Son, but the Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Son. You see that? So they're not people. They're personalities. The Latin word originally used when formulating this teaching was the word persona which refers to personality. And that, again, got shortened to person. And so that creates tritheism in the church. And there are some preachers out there, some well-known, that are tritheists. When I hear them preach, they actually believe in three different gods. There's one God, but he's personified in the Son, in the Father, and in the Spirit. That makes sense? They bring glory. So we sing songs about the Holy Spirit, but... It's based on the revelation of Jesus. The Holy Spirit currently is revealing Jesus to us. Thus, we are a Christ-centered church, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Make sense? The way I understand God is this, is Jesus is called the arm of the Lord. And Jesus came and lived as a man, as the arm of God, who did miracles by the finger of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit. So God is God, the Son is his arm, and the Holy Spirit is his finger. All one God. If I hit you with my fist, you say, why did you hit me? I can't say I didn't hit you, my fist did. <laughs> right? So <laughs> they're all involved together. You see it in creation. In the beginning, God. There's the Father, the great Elohim. Created the heavens and the earth. They all three created the earth. And the Spirit of God, there's the Holy Spirit, was hovering above the face of the waters of the earth. And God said, there's the word, let there be light, and there was light. The entrance of God's word, Psalm says, brings light. So Jesus is the light of the world. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus in the earth, not Jesus at the right hand of the Father. He's Jesus in the earth, revealing Jesus to us. It's all one God. There's no, no reason to be confused. I better hush before I confuse somebody. We're talking today about honoring the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit is or who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit wills, what he will do, 
and how the Holy Spirit gives or what the Holy Spirit gives. The Spirit is, the Spirit will, the Holy Spirit gives. First of all, the Holy Spirit is given by the Father to those who ask. Jesus said in Luke eleven thirteen, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you've not yet asked the Father to give you the Holy Spirit, I challenge you to do it today. Today, you don't have to go to Mecca, don't have to go to Jerusalem, don't have to find the remains of the upper room. Right where you're sitting, you can say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is to be received by believers in Jesus Christ. Who's a believer in Jesus? All right, we are supposed to receive this. This is his prophecy. In John 7, 37, Jesus said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Remember he said, I must go away, so the Holy Spirit will come. So those believing in him will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is involved in our becoming a believer. He convicted you of your sins. He used the person to witness to you. He empowered the person to bring you the message or write the track or however means the Lord used it. Maybe it was a television program. He empowered people to give so that program could be on the air so that the day you heard the gospel, you became a believer. The Holy Spirit was involved in that. But there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit for believers that is distinct from that. It can happen simultaneously. It did in Acts chapter 10. While they believed, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But in Acts 19, Paul found 12 believers who we're not yet filled with the Spirit. So we're not saying the Holy Spirit's not in someone's life who hasn't been filled with the Spirit. He is in our lives. He is in the earth convicting the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. But there's an infilling of the Spirit available to every believer so that you don't have to just white-knuckle it through life, but there's a power, an encouragement, a peace, a joy that comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit as he fills us. And we're talking about that today. The Holy Spirit is another helper who will abide with us always. We mentioned then as we, this as we read the text. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15, verse 16. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I don't care where you are in life, the Holy Spirit is there. You could be in the Hood County Jail. And cry out to God. The Holy Spirit is there. He hears and he speaks. He'll put the cry in your heart to cry out to your father. Father, help. Papa, help. Daddy, help. Abba, Abba, I need help. The Holy Spirit is working. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who dwells within believers. We read this. He goes on in verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Unbelievers cannot receive the Holy Spirit, but he can work in their lives to bring them to a place of believing because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Notice he's calling the Holy Spirit he. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And that day came when the church was born. A few weeks later. Jesus shared these things in the upper room, by the way. All right, that's what the Holy Spirit is. Now, what will the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit will teach us all things and remind us of those things. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Maybe your faith comes under attack. Someone has a carefully prepared a trail of gotcha questions to try to silence you, and the Holy Spirit rises up within you and gives you the words to say. That's him bringing to your remembrance the things he's taught you. Now, this is the reason 
why we need to learn, why we need to be taught, why we need an active relationship with the Holy Spirit so that he can teach us things, so that when the questions come, he can bring to your remembrance what's there. If it's on the hard drive, like a ram, the good ram, the Holy Spirit will find it and bring it to your remembrance. But if you haven't learned a thing, what's the Holy Spirit got to work with? I guess he can help you prophesy, maybe, but that's why we need to grow now. If you can't run with the footman, how will you run with the horseman? Now's the time to learn and grow. The Holy Spirit will convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin because they do not believe in me. This is the ultimate sin the Holy Spirit deals with, making us believers. He convicts me of my sin. He convicts me of my unbelief, and I see the light. Christ is risen. <laughs> How can I say that? The Holy Spirit has revealed it to us. So unbelief is remedied by the working of the Holy Spirit. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. His going to the Father secures a place for us as our high priest and our intercessor that we have received the free gift of righteousness. So the Holy Spirit that convicts us of sin frees us of condemnation because of what Jesus did for us. I've been made righteous. I've forgiven and made righteous. It's great to be forgiven of guilt, isn't it? It's even better beyond that to be made righteous, put in right standing with God because Jesus went to the Father and he ever lives as our high priest who's easily touched with our weaknesses because he too was tempted when on earth. He knows what it's like and he's able to help us. And he convicts us of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. What is the judgment of Christ? The finished work of Christ took the authority away from the enemy. He made a public spectacle of him. The enemy of the human soul overplayed his hand and got checkmated by the king who reigns supreme. He came back, conquered death once and for all, resurrected eternally. So the Holy Spirit does these things, dealing with sin, righteousness, and judgment in our hearts and lives. And he does this in the world. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth we need from God. How much truth will he give you? All of it. It's available. And what specific truth will he lead you and bring to your remembrance? The truth you need at the time. In verse 12 of John 16, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit guides us into the truth that we need to know. You and I need the activity of the Holy Spirit so that we can learn and we can grow and we can exercise the authority that we've been given and he sets the pace. He doesn't deviate from the Father. His personality is totally submitted to the Father's will. And he reveals the Father's will for us as we need to know. Bringing us power. Inside information. The whole world can be falling apart. But you have a knowing in your heart. Everything's going to be all right. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. If gasoline goes up to a dollar an ounce, we're going to make it. The fairs are going to do really well. The Holy Spirit will glorify and reveal Jesus Christ to us. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So everything the Father has belongs to Jesus. And everything Jesus has, the Holy Spirit declares to 
to us, reveals to us the Father and the Son. Isn't that beautiful? Maybe you've relegated the Holy Spirit to just something we don't need anymore or an experience. I grew up in a church that really emphasized the experience, and to us, the Holy Spirit was it. No, he's, he, he is very personal. Very personal. And he reveals Jesus to us. The Holy Spirit gives, seeing what he is, what he will. The Holy Spirit gives, promised in doing, or you could say endowing, with power from on high. Who knows we need that? Behold, before he ascended, Jesus said this, Luke 24, 49, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait or tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. To reject this, to close your mind to this promise, is to tell God, I got it going on. No wonder people in the evangelical world who've rejected the Holy Spirit are denying their faith. No wonder. They have limited what the Holy Spirit has come to do in our lives. The Holy Spirit gives help to forgive sins and to not retain them. Who knows the Holy Spirit will help you forgive? Look at this amazing statement. After he rose from the dead, Jesus breathed on his disciples, John 20, 22, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. He's given authority to let stuff go. And if you don't, you're going to retain it. I never saw it in the context of receiving the Holy Spirit. There it is. You know, in having our prayers answered, the context of that verse is forgiving those that have offended us. God's like, talk to the hand. Who wants their prayers answered? Forgive. In so doing, we're cooperating with God because if they're convicted of their sin... The one who offended us is asking God to forgive. How dare we stand in God's way? Jesus died for the person I can't stands, as Bugs Bunny might say. He loves them just as much as he loves me. So just as surely as we are to receive the Holy Spirit, we're to forgive the sins of people. But if we retain those sins, they're retained. Think about our forefathers if there's what some would call a generational curse, if there's an iniquity or repeated sin in your bloodline and your forefathers, my dad used to say, our uncles swung by their necks, but not by their tails. <laughs> Outlaws. Could it be there's unforgiveness at work, therefore sin is retained? Well, I'll never be like my dad. He was terrible. And guess what happens? You judge, you'll be judged. You'll become like them. Let it go. Don't retain sin. Let it go. Get out of God's way. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. That's what he said. So let's let him do his thing. He can do a whole lot better job if vengeance is due than we can anyway. The History Channel did a three-episode miniseries on the Hatfields and McCoys. I don't know how much of it is true, but it is unbelievable the damage that bitterness does. It causes sin to perpetuate itself. So the Holy Spirit comes to cleanse our temples and to help us forgive. Help us. I cannot tell you the number of times God has shown me where I had unforgiveness in my heart. Sometimes he uses people close to me to help point it out. But the Holy Spirit is at work. You got to let it go, let it go. Little girls all over the nation are singing it. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. All right, that's enough on that one. The Holy Spirit gives power to become Christ's own witnesses. 
Other words also written by Luke, Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So the church was empowered in the next chapter, and the gospel began to spread around Jerusalem. And then by Acts 8, it had spread throughout Judea and was in Samaria. Yes, the hated Samaritans heard the gospel. And from there onward to the end of the earth, still spreading because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives fulfillings, that's not a typo, fulfillings of Christ's promise by filling full more than once. Look at this. In Acts 2... They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they spoke, but the Holy Spirit gave the utterance. Here's how I understand this. If you and I are in an English conversation or a language we both know, while we're talking, our minds are giving us the utterance, forming words, putting them together, making corrections. But Speaking in another language beyond the level of your mind, the spirit, not your mind, is given the utterance. And so it's kind of a strange experience. Your mind is following, like, what in the world is this? To the mind, speaking in another language, if you don't know the language, listening to another language just sounds like a bunch of syllables. You don't know where the periods are, where the paragraphs begin. You don't know what a consonant is or a vowel. It's just... Just noises. Because this, in speaking in another language that you don't know, the Holy Spirit is empowering you. Your mind is not empowering you. Does that make sense? But you do the speaking. As a Spirit gives the words, it happens. Now, this was 120 plus people this happened to. By the end of that day, 3,000 people were baptized in water. It does not say they were filled with the Holy Spirit, but look what happened. The church grew to over 5,000 members, Acts 4. They prayed because of the threat of persecution. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So who were they? All of them. All 5,000 were filled, including the 120-plus were filled again. In one instance, those who were filled spoke in another language. In another instance, those that were filled spoke the word of God with boldness in the face of very real legal threats. And if our culture continues going south, and our judicial system continues going south, we're going to need boldness, y'all. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit more than once. The Holy Spirit gives fulfillings of God's promises by filling full. And in Acts 13, it says the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Who were those disciples? Those that were already filled and those that were not filled. They were all filled with joy and with the Spirit, the Holy, Espiritu Santo. Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus, chapter 5, verse 18 of his letter to them. He says, do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. That is waste. It's not good. You don't want your checking account dissipated, do you? It's wastefulness. But be filled with the Spirit. This is a continual being filled. Speaking to one another, this is what the Spirit helps us to do, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. How in the world can you give thanks for all things? The power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for these threats. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to use us mightily 
Now, as the world gets darker, the church will get brighter. I give you thanks, Lord. This story's not over. Sometimes you give thanks for that. Thank, thank you, Lord, for the prophetic insight. We're going to come through this. Thank you, Lord. Thank him for a flat tire. You thank him. Sometimes you thank him through stuff. Thank you, Lord, for slowing me down. There's obviously some other things I need to do. Reveal them to me. May I not fall prey to grumbling. Thank you for testing my faith and developing my patience. Who knows we need patience developed. You don't have to pray for more patience. You just pray for God to help you endure. Patience happens. You fall in love with God and walk in his love. An expression of that is patience. So we're told to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 19, I mentioned this earlier, Paul came across on his way to Ephesus with 12 believers. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? There were already believers. They said, we've not heard about this. They were baptized as John the Baptist's disciples, so he baptized them as Christian believers in the name of the Lord. And he laid hands on them. And all 12 of them spoke in another language and prophesied. What does it mean to prophesy? To foretell the future? Not necessarily, but it's to declare the glory of God. The Holy Spirit reveals the Father and the Son to declare the wonders of the Savior. That's what they were doing. Here's seven biblical signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Power to be a witness. We saw that in Acts 1.8. Speaking in another language as the Spirit gives the ability. We see that in Acts 2.4. We read that. You see it again in Acts 10.46. While they were listening to Peter preach, the Holy Spirit fell on them and they all spoke in another language. And we see it in Acts 19.6 where Paul asked these 12 guys, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And he laid hands on them and they received the Spirit and spoke in another language and they prophesied. Twelve people. In number three, we see that Joel had predicted dreams, old men dreaming dreams and young men dreaming visions, and Peter quotes it in Acts 2 when this crowd gathered wondering where did, the, where did people from around the Roman Empire hear their language from people that were only from Galilee, and it lists like 15 languages they heard spoken where they were declaring the wonderful works of God. And so that in itself is prophecy. It's just in another language. And he quotes Joel 2. This is a fulfillment of that. Prophesying, Joel 2. He says this is a fulfillment of that. Peter quotes it in Acts 2, 17 and 18. And we see it happening in Acts 19, 6 with those 12 guys. Number five, we saw another evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking God's word with boldness in the face of fearful circumstances. The enemy wants to turn us into pipsqueaks. The Holy Spirit helps us be bold, helps us to become megaphones. In Acts 10, when they received the Holy Spirit while hearing Peter preach, the Holy Spirit fell on them and they spoke in another language and they magnified the Lord. The Holy Spirit was revealing to them the glories of our Lord. And finally, another evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is being filled with joy. Acts 13, 52. They were all filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I've seen some people so filled with joy, they laugh for hours. I'm not talking about where there's a crowd and a guy's being a comedian, he gets, you know, laughing can be infectious. The Holy Spirit literally falls on a guy, and he begins to laugh and laugh and laugh. It probably wasn't wise of us. Uh, there was a guy who went to high school that I invited to church, and he started coming. He became a believer. And one night, he got so filled with the Holy Spirit, he began to laugh. And after a couple hours, it was time to go home. So I took him home in that condition and shut the door. I did not know what his family thought. Maybe that's why they never came to church. It scared them off. I don't know if they would have come anyway. But he was transformed. 
as a result of that, the Holy Spirit was active in his life. We're talking about honoring the Holy Spirit. So here's the big question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? As the praise team comes forward, let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the promise of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, for every person in this room, for those who've had the joy of being filled with your Spirit, Lord, make them hunger to live a life of being filled with your Spirit. And for those that have been taught against this, I pray, Lord, that you would open their hearts and minds to look at this again from your Word, without any injections of mine or anybody else's, Lord, what does your Word say to us? And Lord, I pray you generate a hunger in our hearts to be filled with your Spirit. And I pray, Lord, for those that are open to being filled with your Spirit, I pray, Lord, you'd fill them today, Lord. May you be glorified. Lord Jesus, send the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, we pray. Come in Jesus' name. Amen. Here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender.
and he has a discussion with her. And at the end of the discussion, here's what happens. He tells her, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he would tell us all things. Jesus said to her, and I'm not going to use this translation. He says, I who speak to you, the, the Greek says, I am. Ego Amy. I am. Now we miss that phrase, I am, in the Hebrew, and this is how God defines himself. But let me tell you what the Hebrew means by I am. It means that I will do whatever I have to do to be with you right here, right now. That's the I am. That's the Hebrew. I will do whatever I have to do to be with you right here, right now. He is the Spirit. He never, ever wanted to leave any of us alone. He came back because he wants to be with you right here, right now. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. What an amazing God we serve. Yes, yes, yes. So if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, it's so easy as Pastor Allen did such a great job explaining that. Just come down here and we'll pray for you. Come down front. Just declare to the Lord as you come down. It's so easy, so easy. People will pray with you. They will lay hands on you. They will ask for the Lord, our good God, the God that defined himself as the one who wants to be with you, whatever it takes, right here, right now. Allow yourself to be filled with his Holy Spirit right here. Amen. Do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, and I will make room for you, to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. Lord, to live lives that are tied to you, Lord. We want you to be our teacher. We want you to be our reminder. We want you, Lord, to convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of our victory, of our position, and of our need for you, Lord. Jesus. We want to invite you. If the Spirit of the Lord has, you, you received the Spirit of the Lord years ago, but it's been dormant in your life, or you haven't been active in flowing in the Holy Spirit, and you know in this hour you need more boldness in your life, you know that you can't do it on your own, and God's called you to declare His goodness and glory, but it's only by His Spirit, not by power, nor by my, but by my what? By my what? By my what? 
We speak the word, but now let's activate it. If you're wanting to be activated with the power of God in your life, come up here now. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. the ground of all my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion, your way is better, your way is better, shake up the ground of all my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion, your way is better, your way is better. Shake up the ground of all my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better, your way is better. Your way is better, God. It's your Lord can fill you right there in your seat. The first occasion in Acts 2, they were sitting down. So let me just pray a prayer for us all. Just if you want to receive, just go ahead and sit down in a posture of sitting, like you would if you're going to eat a meal. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to fill every hungry soul with your spirit. Fill them with your joy, fill them with your power. Fill them with knowledge that you want to give in Jesus' name. Fill to overflowing. Lord, we just want to receive all that you have for me. Let's pray this prayer together. Father in heaven, Father in, heaven in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I open myself to you. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Now just wait on him and begin to thank him. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Fill me. 